Welcome back to the Auto Amateur Podcast. This is James. Happy Friday, whether it's the morning or the afternoon, wherever you are in the world when this is dropping, or maybe even Saturday morning in uh, Australia and New Zealand. Anyway, it's the end of the week. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something which I enjoy quite a lot. Not everyone. It's not for everyone's taste, but it is for me, and that's carbon fiber trim. I've got Daniel from Jet Fuel Only, the YouTube channel and Instagram by the same name, coming back for another episode with me. He also has some opinions on carbon fiber, and it may be a little bit polarizing because I think we both like carbon fiber, but we'll get into that. Before we do, though, I just want to talk about something that I've been playing around with with Auto Amateur over the past week. I've been dabbling with live streaming, and I think that's going to start becoming a regular feature of my Auto Amateur content. So on Friday afternoons, Friday Drive Live is going to be on Instagram Live, and that's where I'm going to be getting in my 911 and driving and talking live with anybody who's willing to watch and chat. I did it this past Friday. It was a great way to end the week. Just get in the car and drive, but share it with everybody. I had loads of great comments. I had a really good chat as I was driving around, sort of just blowing off a bit of steam at the end of the week. And uh, I'm also going to be introducing other guests in Friday Drive Live, where myself and other guests are going to be driving our cars anywhere around the world having an end-of-week chat live on Instagram Live. So that's one. That's going to be so much fun. The second is Auto Amateur Live. And that's going to be a combination of live podcasts streaming in real time on YouTube, either from my office where we've got a particular um, you know, subject to discuss and I may have um, panelists in, also um, you know, videoing in live, or I'm going to be doing jobs in the Auto Amateur Garage live. And just over the past week, I took out my door panels and I removed the handles of my 911 so that I could take off the last of the ratty blue wrap. And that was a lot of fun. And I had loads of people watching uh, in real time, sort of like providing feedback, making jokes, asking questions. And it was really nice to sort of do the job in real time without having to edit it all together. But also, and most importantly, chat with you guys as I was going through that job. It was so much fun. So watch out on Instagram and YouTube, um, as well as these podcasts, for more announcements about my live streaming events that are going to be coming up soon, and then hopefully on a regular basis. It's just another excuse to have some fun. All right, now back to the topic of the day. Let's start talking about carbon fiber. You've been putting out a ton of content, and I don't know how you do it when you have a life. <laughs> well, you see, I think that's part of what I'm struggling with right now is I know that life is about to get more hectic because I've got a kid coming, um, number three. So I'm thinking yeah. I've got to find a way to keep my content going. So I'm going to have less time. So I've been dabbling with live streaming, and it's been a lot of fun because typically I'll spend a couple of hours filming a video, and then I'll spend anywhere from two to five hours editing it. With live streaming, you don't have to do that, of course. You need to think about what your plan is. You then live stream, and then if there's a bit of equipment tidy up at the end, that's it, and it's gone. Yeah, I noticed that's. I noticed that you had been doing a lot of that, and you're right. That's uh, <clears throat> That saves a ton of time, and it still puts something out there. It keeps you connected, so mm-hmm. it's a good plan for now. It's a good plan for now. So I'm still planning on doing my regular videos, but um, looking at your setup there, which is pretty impressive, I've got to say, good job for you. Um, I'm a little jealous of your chair. Is oh, this, a... this, is, this is new, yeah. I like it's it. Nice. See, it and okay. it reclines to some absurd level. 
<laughs> so this it's a gamer's chair i think but uh you know i love uh, it. it and it's funny is my girlfriend started working for google and she got a home office budget and she decided to we oh, share this chair i see Except very good i think it's just got my butt print in it nice hopefully no one from google's listening uh, yeah exactly <laughs> but um what I'm going to try and do is, as well as continuing my podcasts, I'm going to be doing live podcasts on uh, YouTube, video streaming, kind of like this. So if you're interested to be a, uh, a regular participant, that would be awesome. And I've, I've actually got a, a fancy new podcasting, video casting platform instead of Zoom, which um, which kind of makes Zoom looks a little bit sort of Windows 95. It's, really? it's pretty slick. Wow. Yeah, it's like, t- it's like TV kind of quality sort of interviewing. It's not CNN. It's yeah. not Wolf Blitzer, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Yeah. So we're here today. Uh, Daniel from uh, Jet Fuel Only is back, and I'm going to try my best to resist dropping in <laughs> Top Gun references. <laughs> I feel the need. The need for speed. I can't promise, oh, no. though, that I'm not going to be editing in actual Top Gun quotes in between our conversation <laughs> as we go afterwards. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice. Man, I am dangerous. No, but uh, we're here today to talk, and we're going to talk about carbon fiber, aren't we? I think you and I both have certain perspectives on carbon fiber. So l- let's just start off by, for anyone listening who doesn't know what carbon fiber is, let's talk about it. What is it? It's a product. Uh, well, I'm not exactly a carbon fiber expert, but uh, basically, as far as I know, it's a carbon type filament that by itself is really not much of anything but strong string. And uh, it gets generally weaved up and uh, um, held together with epoxy. And now you've got this super strong yet super light, I think even lighter than fiberglass uh, material. That's great for car parts, <laughs> of course, especially Porsche parts that go into James's car. That's right. I think I think for um, the engineers, it, it provides this excellent opportunity to take weight out of race cars and out of, you know, similar things, like even airplanes, I imagine, Mr. Pilot. You, you can maybe tell me. Um, so from an, from an engineering perspective, there are a lot of benefits from having lightweight but equally strong materials right um just like uh you know aluminum is uh is strong and you know relatively lightweight or lightweight and relatively strong um but for the uh for the folks that are just shallow like me and think it looks cool it's an opportunity to spend money <laughs> burn money and putting trim around your car right yeah yeah absolutely and there's many ways and styles and qualities out there i've found um you know, I was thinking about when you talked to, about bringing up carbon fiber, I was thinking about like, where did all this crap start? You know, uh, and I say crap, you know, in, in a fun way. But and I thought, OK, I'm sure that, you know, for a long time, professional racers have been wanting to lighten up their car the most they can. So they use carbon fiber, which was, you know, unobtainium. <laughs> at some point. You know, it was expensive. It was rare. And then somehow people especially maybe tuners of various types uh got a hold of it and they're like hey i got a carbon fiber hood i'm gonna lighten it up even though i'm never gonna track my car probably (laughs) i'm gonna lighten up my car and it has become a status symbol right and so now back this is what probably in the early 2000s or or so um i have crappy memory but where you started seeing all these black hoods and they weren't black 
they were just showing off that they have a carbon fiber hood. And I've never really agreed with that. Like, I get it. It's a status symbol at that point. But uh, I've always wanted my cars to at least look consistent in color on the outside, unless it's an actual race car. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then after that, you just started seeing black hoods as people were just like, uh, yeah, it's a race car. I don't need to paint my hood. Uh, and it might be carbon fiber unless you get within uh-huh. 20 feet of it. And uh, Right. So so I think right? you've, you've hit on it there that, that it's very much a status symbol in many ways. I, I personally don't buy it, I think, for the status symbol. I think, well, maybe maybe I do. I mean, there is a little bit of excitement around it because, you know, it's special. Yeah, it's I this, it. to me, it's this, you know, sort of like high-tech Star Trek kind of material. And that, and that's the allure it has for me. Um, but I also think it looks really good. Many people take a look at it, and and Nick Murray, for one, who I spoke with live uh, just a week or so ago, the other YouTuber, um, he hates it mm-hmm. at like complete opposite end of the spectrum. He thinks it looks cheap. It just you know devalues the car. You know he <laughs> he gave in a little bit during the podcast I th- though. I, I, I think so, but bit. you know just you know we're not here to play fair. We're here to generalize and entertain. <laughs> I'm on one end of the spectrum. He's almost all the way at the other, the other end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for what is essentially a fabric that is woven together and dipped in resin, it, they charge a lot for it. I mean, pretty cool. just let, let's talk about some of the, the, the parts in, um, in in my car. So I've got the, uh, I added the, the carbon fiber um, trim pieces on either side of the steering wheel. And then the sort of the, the horizontal trim that goes all the way along across the dash, basically. Um, and I think that retails around $2,500. And I managed to get it on a um, an open box sale from Suncoast Parts. And I think I paid $1,200. Um, and even that was expensive. Yeah. I thought that was ridiculous. But... But you at least, you know, at minimum brought value to your car for the people that want carbon fiber. I mean, they think you have a $2,500, you exactly. know, upgrade. Yeah, that you have there car. you go. And that's cool. So then I added price. the uh, the carbon fiber uh, trim that goes around the center console, sort of around the buttons and the um, the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the stick shift, uh, you know, whatever that's called. <laughs> what is that called? The shifter. Yeah, the, <laughs> the knob. knob. Um, that was like another four or $500. Um and so I was gonna, st- I was gonna just stop there, and then I was contacted by a company that that make OEM looking non factory carbon fiber, and they basically take your existing factory trim pieces and they um, they refinish the surface, dip it in carbon fiber, and send it back to you. So I have. Wait, was that I on the other podcast? You had said, did you say it was hydro dipped though? I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs, or... but all I can say is. I saw the okay. process. They basically um, they 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 wrap it in the weave first, and they get the weave to line up properly, and then they put the resin on top of it. So, what okay. is that? Is that dipping? What okay. is that? I don't know if I would call that dipping because there is something called hydro dipping. Are you familiar with that? I've seen some guy like throw a trim piece in a big bucket and pull it out, and all of a sudden, bam. Right, you've just got a a very thin, almost translucent pattern that lays on top of the surface of the solution and then you dip your product in it and pow you've got a basically a silk screened whatever you want and those are they're cool but i've noticed the carbon fiber pattern doesn't look as good and when i you had said dipped before i was like oh 
that's that's i think that that's the cop out especially on a porsche like it, it's gotta at least okay well so looking at the way this was produced so it was real good. carbon okay. fiber let's just say that yeah um the okay. amount of time that went into it and just seeing how it was sort of built up and then dipped and finished and it, or not dipped but you know it was covered after the weave went on it, it it looks fantastic and you hold it next to the oem pieces and uh, i think to the untrained eye you just cannot tell the difference i think to the trained eye maybe you could tell the difference yeah wow that's nice and do they use the original pieces still like attached yeah. to it or so essentially it a... they um okay they you know use some snazzy tool to take down the the leatherette you know kind of smooth plastic surface off um and then mm -hmm. replace that with the weave and then the resin um and you'd think maybe cool. the parts come back a little bit bigger then you you know because you you're adding for but no actually right. they're basically the same and they look great and so i've got a couple of trim pieces on the door and you know maybe i've gone as far as i'm going to go with carbon fiber but i have looked at and i think i think you may have done this already or at least you made a video about it recently i love the idea of like either the front or the rear diffuser being carbon fiber mm -hmm. yeah uh and i mean what is what is the 99 you have a 992 right oh no no 97 uh, i can't even remember what plastics there are back there on the rear diffuser crap but, uh, <laughs> yeah, crap no, well i mean the same with the gt4 it's just freaking plastic and it looks kind of crappy and i thought about that in the very expensive carbon fiber rear diffusers out there but uh um then i was like that is like the abuse yeah. zone. I mean, that is where the air is being tunneled right out the back. And I'm sure it would take a million rocks. And it's just like, no, this is, uh, I mean, especially if I tra track the car, it's just going to get uh -huh. and I'll hate it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so there are companies out there that specialize in those sort of performance parts in carbon fiber. Moshammer mm -hmm. is one of them. Um, uh, what's the other one mm -hmm. that uh, does great? Uh, Tech Art, I think, have some carbon fiber stuff. Yeah, and then there are some providers like MA Carbon and DB Carbon that can give you pretty much absolutely anything you want in OEM finished carbon fiber. Like you think of something in your in your Cayman or your 911, I almost guarantee they will have the part for you. Whether it's the stick shift or the wow. the trim wow. that goes around the cigarette lighter or anything like that, you can have it in carbon fiber if you want to. But it is so expensive. It is, you know, and. I I've realized that from, uh, you know, I'm still, of course, exploring that part of the Porsche world. But if you go back to the Cadillac world and the recent Cadillac CTSV came out with a carbon package, you know, and but General Motors will charge you uh, over two thousand dollars, twenty five hundred dollars for a front splitter. Um, spoiler is like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. And uh, I think it's another couple thousand for the diffuser in the rear. And people are like, Oh, that's crazy. But it's like, no, if you want factory quality, something that's going to yeah. hold up, something that's going to have zero flaws, that's going to fit right. And that the pattern, especially when they do that yes. book matching where they split it down the middle and the, and the V kind of that is really hard to do. And if you want that to look right you're gonna have to pay somebody that's been working for a very long time to yeah. learn to do that well you know oh and then the epoxy covering you know to not have mm -hmm. waviness in it and have it as smooth as paint i mean there's a lot that goes into it and it uh and that's why you know these videos i just recently did you know they these there are some cheap carbon fiber parts available for cadillacs out there and i'm sure for porsches yeah. and every car out there but you will often get what you pay for you will get poor finish weave yeah mess ups and uh poor fitting yeah. parts and uh you've just got to be yeah. ready to accept that <laughs> yeah no out. totally and uh i i um took the cheap route with my uh with my my porsche keys 
from from Amazon for nine ninety nine. I got carbon oh, fiber yeah. look, um, you know, key surrounds, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, you know, the key goes in and out of your pocket every time you drive and in the car and back. I've only had them like six months, maybe a year, before I had to replace them again. And they got scuffed up and scratched and they started looking dull. Um, where the factory stuff inside the car that you touch every time you get in and out of the car, it's still shiny. And, you know, you've got to clean it and look after it and so on. But you're right. I think you do, you get what you pay for. And I think the other thing um, which attracts me to the carbon fiber is just, and, 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 you know, so many people just don't care about this, is the engineering that's gone into actually creating this product, whether or not it's useful. Whether or not it actually looks good. Again, it's like the sort of the Star Trek fan inside me says this is sort of, you know, this is transporter-like technology <laughs> for the Porsche. This isn't... And, you know, carbon in, a, in, a, in all sorts of forms is changing our world now, you know, and uh, carbon nanotubes. And, yeah. But yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what's crazy? Listen to this. I was watching a video about Dyson vacuums. They just, they have some new features. Okay. okay I have a Dyson vacuum. I, I do as well. I have two. But guess what? Okay. Did you know that in their latest vacuums, they use the brush, the brushes are made with carbon fiber. No way. Really? And that's because they're anti-static. Ah, wow. (laughs) Wow. It's nuts, right? I mean, they engineer like crazy, and you should check out that latest video. They now have a laser on the front of their vacuum, so you can see the dirt. Oh, I don't don't think I want to see that. I don't want to see that. But yeah, carbon fiber brushes for my uh, vacuum, yeah. I'm, I'm into that. Yeah. I like that very much. But you're right. There's, uh, it's great. It's really cool engineering. I, I absolutely agree. But, you, you know, what? we have what's lost. or it's, it's just this culture has changed about it, right? It's like it's gone from less utilitarian, and now it's just like a, it's, a, it's a fashion statement. And it's a look, yeah. of course, too. Which, uh, for me, a guy that likes things monotone or monochrome, I should say, Carbon fiber fits yeah. that really well. <laughs> you know, it's not all black. It's kind uh-huh. of black and gray. Yeah, and it's kind yeah, of cool. no, I hear you. Well, and so there are other color choices. I've only just discovered this recently. I, I, I knew that there was a, mm-hmm. a matte carbon fiber and a gloss carbon fiber, but I assumed it was all black. Um, I've come across red carbon fiber and green carbon fiber. And there must yeah. be other colors. And they're beautiful if you know mm. where to put them. Uh, or um, I have a picture on my Instagram uh and uh, because at a recent car gathering, there was this Pagani. I think that's how you spell it. The whole car is made in that red no gloss way. carbon fiber. Oh, wow. The entire car. It was freaking gorgeous. And it's on my Instagram, jet.fuel.only. <laughs> check out that beautiful picture of the Pagani's wheel uh, and part of the body. It's just a beautiful I will red check that out. I've seen um, on Porsches, uh, I think it was a Turbo S that I saw, a 991.2 Turbo S with carbon fiber rims. I'm, I'm not yep, sure if yep. I could do that. Yeah, you know, there was a bit too much carbon fiber, but you got to respect a material that yeah. can act as a rim and take the entire load of a car. I agree. That's a, that is amazing. But uh, I have a feeling there's no repairing those rims yeah. once they are damaged. They yeah. are damaged. And uh, but also in that same car, I think it was when you were talking about the uh, exclusive edition uh, 911 yeah. Turbo S, right? It was. Was it a gold one? Yeah, and it had the gold thread in the mm-hmm. carbon fiber. Uh, I yeah. don't know if you saw it. Yeah. Just like a few little threads in there woven in, and it was just, I mean, immaculate, the detail. Um, inside and out, they had it on the car. And uh, yeah, I've seen that similar setup, and it was. Uh, they know what they're doing, those Porsche guys. They, they, they know just where to add, they add, add the they money. Do. But let me tell you that I did not, cho- you know, I had my GT4 uh, built, or, you know, special yep. ordered to my spec. 
And uh, of course, I saw carbon fiber as an option, and it was like only—I think it was only like seven hundred dollars, you know, for the for the interior trim. Um, but I didn't do it, James. I didn't do it, and I thought I would. And uh, here's why. And uh, this is, of course, when it comes because obviously it doesn't matter. It's not a weight savings <laughs> thing when it comes down to the trim in your cockpit. It's all about. Do you hear me? I said cockpit. Oh yeah. God damn it, Maverick. Dashboard. It's your cockpit. <laughs> but. Uh, um, you know, I sat in a GT4 at a dealership that had the carbon uh, trim, and I looked at it, and the aesthetics of the carbon fiber that they used, really? I didn't like. The weave is like a two-by-two two weave, I think, so it's kind of a tight checkerboard-looking weave. And uh, if I'm going to look at carbon fiber, I don't I don't like that Interesting. one. I don't know, you know, because there's lots of different ways yeah. to weave. And if you... If you see in my videos, my Cadillac has, I think, more like a four by four weave or something. It's much larger. It's got this sort of three dimensional holographic look to it, and it's just, it's just gorgeous. And if Porsche had offered it like that, I might have been more tempted. But I've also always wanted a car with more of an aluminum trim, and they offered this anthracite aluminum trim in the car, which is kind of like the Max Space Gray, but oh, I know aluminum. which one you mean. So it pushes towards a black aluminum, not quite as black. Actually, the Spider, they get an actual black aluminum, which is or black brushed steel, and that's kind of cool too. But this is kind of in between shiny brushed aluminum look and closer to like a, uh, I don't know, like a, a smoky aluminum. And so I'm pretty happy with it, I have to say. That's cool. But, uh, I, I've got to say, though, just for my, my European listeners, that's aluminum, Daniel. <laughs> oh damn it! <laughs> I I was going to let you get away with it once or twice, but that's more syllables though. We're all about lazy oh, here in America, goodness. right? Aluminium. That's five syllables. Aluminum. That's four. Some... Yep. <laughs> Taking the shortcut. Somebody told me the other day. It's like we invented it and you perfected it as far as the language goes. <sighs> no, I mean we made it more efficient. It sounds uh -huh. like. <laughs> We made it more efficient. But I swear, every time I listen to you or your guests, I'm just thinking, are these two geniuses talking because they sound fabulous? <laughs> <laughs> every, you know, and I know you – well, I don't know. I mean, your guests all may be super smart, but just you just speak so eloquently and just the use of words that Americans will never use. And, and you've got me uh, just assuming that you are all, you know, professors. My accent takes me a long way in this country. I will say that much. <laughs> uh, we're back at home. You know, I'm just the, the average run-of-the-mill thicky. <laughs> yeah. Thicky, is that is. a British yeah, thing? Yeah. Uh, you know, thick between the, uh, between the ears, not, not, too, not too smart. Oh, not okay. Too um, you know, I do myself a disservice. But uh, yeah, so carbon fiber, lots of different colors, lots of different styles. You get what you pay for. Um, there are engineering mm -hmm. principles behind it. Um, there are sort of look and feel kind of principles behind it. I don't know where it's going to go next, though. I kind of feel like it's sort of it's it's peaking right now. I don't think that. Well, you saw it started going with the forged carbon fiber. No, I'm not actually. That What's that? It it's basically chopped up pieces of carbon pressed together uh and and then epoxied and so it looks it kind of looks like a a black and gray camouflage in the way that it's super random chunks i personally don't like it it's like this weird like uh yeah like it looks like a 
a super fashionable camouflage or something. But um, I even did a video on a because you know, in case people got the ugly wood trim they didn't like in their Cadillacs, I did a video on wrapping the trim and you know of your choice. And one of them I tried was this kind of a satin look, forged carbon fiber, and it was interesting. Uh, uh, it definitely gave a different look to the interior. It wasn't for me, but I did it for my buddy's car, and it looks great in his car. But uh, yeah, forged carbon fiber, and you'll see it on Lambos and stuff. And it was—it definitely became a status symbol. Um, but it, I think it—I I haven't really seen okay. too much of it lately. I'll have to so check that, that one out. But yeah, I feel like okay, we've seen a couple of supercars like you mentioned previously, where the entire car is made of carbon fiber. That—that's going to appeal yeah. to maybe twelve people on the planet. You know, it's not going to appeal to the mass market, or at least the mass market won't pay that money for a, a car made fully of carbon fiber. So I think unless it comes down in price um, and starts to get, you know, sort of more mass appeal, mass produced, just because of the, the, the cost coming down, I, you know, it's going to continue being trim. It's going to continue being the, the, the backs to bucket seats. Um, but I, I just, I, I think I think it's peaking. And I think at some point people will just, that's my opinion, like, and maybe because I'm getting, to the point where I'm not going to spend any more money on carbon fiber. And if I get a new car, I probably won't go for the carbon fiber trim. I don't think so. Really? Yeah, I don't think really? so. I think I've done it now. It's like, okay, I've done it. I've had carbon fiber in my car. I don't need to do it again. But I don't feel that way about owning a Porsche. That's... It's not like I've owned a 911 now. I don't need another Porsche. <laughs> I do need another Porsche. I want another one and another one and another one. And if they have carbon fiber, great. If they don't, I really couldn't care less. Well, would you, if you could uh, afford, you know, that Turbo S, would you opt for the carbon fiber roof, even if it wasn't uh, exposed? They, maybe they paint it, but would you, would that be valuable to you, you think? I mean, you, you can't track a car. We all know that. You're a giant in a miniature car, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> You know, and if you're rich enough, I bet Porsche Exclusive would make special humps in your neck <laughs> so you could fit your head with a helmet. <laughs> or I just, you know, I take a speedster out, you know, or just a Caprio. I mean, of course, of course. But then you have to pass the broomstick test. Oh, where it that? goes across the top, and if it, yeah, no, I will, I would <laughs> yeah. not make that at all, at all. You know, that, that just a complete aside. That reminds me, like being. I mean, like, I, I'm a heavy guy now as well as a tall guy, but I've always been tall, like, to a very young age. Um, I, it stopped me from doing a lot of things. Like, when, I, when in my age group at 8 years old and 10 years old and 12 years old, I was always too big to do the things at the playground that the other kids were doing because I couldn't fit in the swing or what have you. Um, but the broomstick test just reminds me, the first roller coaster I ever went on, like a really big roller coaster, um, but for children, the... Um, uh-huh. I don't think there was a seatbelt. There was just a bar that came down over your legs. And all the other kids in my class, I think I was maybe 10 or 11 years old. I, I don't remember exactly, but it was maybe early teens. The bar went down perfectly over everybody's lap. And then the bar came down for me, and it barely covered my kneecaps. So I was basically held into this roller coaster with a bar that was just sort of pinching my kneecaps with no safety around me. And the, the guys that, you know, walk by and do the safety check, quote unquote, that basically are just not looking and don't care what they're doing. He walking past was like, excuse me, is this safe? Excuse me, is this safe? And he's like, huh? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Didn't even look at me. I thought, honestly to God, that was going to be the end of me. Because this thing, this thing did like a loop the loop and how... Oh, oh my, my god! Gosh. I mean, that's terrifying. If, if being on a roller coaster for the first time isn't terrifying enough, believing that you're not strapped in and you're about to fall out—oh my god! 
yeah i go back to that whenever i think about like tracking and wearing helmets and i can't get in my car with a helmet it reminds me of that traumatic day of my life and where was it it wasn't alton towers which is a big one in the uk you know kind of like a, like a six flags sort of equivalent i don't mm-hmm. remember where it yeah. was yeah i mean i i think i've had nightmares about that where you're like excuse me wait wait please don't start the oh, and then they send you off and, <laughs> and you're just hanging i think you know i think that's happened to a few people too like something oh. went wrong and they're like literally see i'm the off. guy that will sit there watching tiktok and youtube videos until the early hours of the morning watching people fall out of cars or trip over and i, I just i love that kind of stuff um well we know <laughs> the funny the funniest one ever was a german guy who tried to jump and and do a, a cannonball into a frozen swimming pool and he yeah, and he looked exactly. at the camera and he said something like hey man yeah we're gonna do this yeah like in a, in a fake american accent and he jumped up tried to cannonball the ice didn't crack and he was in these speedos and he, all i remember is him just like the noise that he made when he landed on the ice and his yeah. friends holding the camera falling on the floor rolling around laughing that's just that's the kind of content that I like watching. Well, he's got a broken <laughs> exactly. tailbone, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking forward to um, next week when I'm going to be at um, the Porsche, uh, the you know the Atlanta Porsche Experience Center with uh, with Jay Reed taking videos. I've just got this horrible feeling that I'm going to turn up having spent you know the best part of a thousand dollars on this experience for you know driving a Turbo S and a GT3, and they're going to take one look at me and they're going to be like, "Sorry, mate, you're going to have to stand on the sidelines and watch. Jay will do all the driving." Yeah, that's that's worrisome. I mean, I don't know if there's anything I can do about it, but I swear I've seen people. I mean, you know, you see it in these car reviews, like these the the more pro car review guys. You know, they're not even wearing helmets half the time, but I think they do it on their own yeah. track or something. And they probably have a ton of insurance, but you know, I'm not saying don't wear a helmet, but like, yeah, if, I <laughs> if you gotta drive a Porsche, <laughs> there's airbags. Right? Exactly, there are airbags. I only drive at 30 miles an hour like an old man, anyway. Sure, we'll sure. We'll uh-huh. So I wanted to ask you then, um, moving away from carbon fiber and my crazy one in the morning YouTube viewership, um, how are you enjoying your Cayman? You've had it for like another month or so now since I last spoke to you. Are you uh, are you becoming one with the car? Well, no. And here's why. Uh, well, it's starting to, but uh, I know, well, I don't know if you know this, but I, I haven't had the car for two months. Um, there's an unfortunate circumstances with the ppf oh your pain protection car. film and, uh, so i may talk yeah my paint protection the paint protection film and uh i may talk about it in a future episode i may not you know um but uh it was a crappy experience and unfortunately the experience isn't over let's okay. put it that way but uh um from from five feet away right now the car is great and it's back in my hands since last week now remember i got this car december mm-hmm. 15th I had it for six weeks. I babied it so it wouldn't get any rock chips waiting until I could get in to get PPF'd, which in itself was delayed. Once it finally was in, it was in there for a couple months, and that was unfortunate. Um, and so I am just now getting to drive it, James. In fact, last week, I finally hit my personal break-in zone, which isn't the Porsche 2000 miles. That's yeah. so much. Um, I waited till 600, and I finally, this weekend, I got to 
I got to let her let her rip and uh, you know videos coming of that st soon as well as the first autocross in the GT4 uh, and uh, and also a great photo shoot so uh, this last weekend was the first time I've truly been able to enjoy the car and push its limits. Oh fantastic so it's yeah I, I, I remember the uh, the break-in period my friend Chris who just recently got a brand new 992 we took it out for a drive and he was still only you know a couple of hundred miles on the clock and i was next to him in my 991 saying you know come on let's go let's go i want to race you and he just wouldn't do it he wouldn't do it because of the break-in period yep and i've been propositioned on the road by a number of cars during that time and it was it, that means it's like how do you explain that on the highway you're looking at him like <laughs> i can't, I can't breaking in my car <laughs> i didn't even know that was a thing and they're like yeah right whatever yeah i didn't even know that was a thing and yeah what, until chris told me about it i mean you, I, I mean come on really mm. you need to break in a car why do you need to break in a car daniel you know, uh, it's some of it's old fashioned, uh, some of it maybe not. I mean, it's in the Porsche, you know, owner's manual. But then again, I have heard, oh well, all engines are tested to redline anyway. You know, before you know, uh, they let them leave the factory, and I don't know if that's absolutely yeah. true. And and then they're like, oh well, race car driver, you know, they put an engine in and they just go out and hit the track. And I go, yeah, but they also don't expect <laughs> their engine to last, you know, hundred thousand yeah. miles or something. So, um, you know, and and. The 600 miles is a number I got from, you know, new Corvettes. That's what they'll say on the Corvette, 600 miles, you know. And, and you know, it's airplanes, same thing. Uh, airplanes are a little different. Piston engine airplanes. I mean, they say, okay, go out and cruise it. Like, just keep it at a constant RPM and, and cruise it for 50 hours. Uh, don't go doing takeoffs and landings all day long. While cars, they say, because, well, we don't run cars like we do airplanes at constant RPMs, but cars they say vary the rpms as oh, much really? as possible you know but keep it keep it on the lower side of things don't do intense driving on the car um and then uh you should be doing an oil change after that to kind of whatever first you know surface material you've pulled off of all the moving parts they should be now drained and washed away so hopefully another video coming soon of i don't know if anyone's done a pdk 718 gt4 oil change but uh I will be uh, doing that how-to because I love. Yeah, I, I know you do. I, I don't think I, I don't think I've seen one of those. No, no. Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah. No, uh, obsessed garage did the manual. Oh one, yeah. But what's the big difference? Probably nothing. Oh, but I we'll see. I guess I've yet to look what the oil filter is and how complicated it's yeah. gonna be to get yeah, to so, it. But I know there's about 25 fasteners to get the bottom oh. shroud off the car because there's two giant. And do you have a lift? Okay. I have a quick yeah, check, good. Um, which is also problematic because it blocks some of the panel screws. Uh -huh. So I have to loosen some first and then lift it and then yeah, get to the rest. Yeah. Um, I, I miss my lift at the moment. It's currently sat underneath my 996, which is non-functional. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got my friend Dave, uh, who's a Porsche tech at Eurocharge Minneapolis, coming over this weekend to uh, diagnose it for me. Um, Finally, I know it's it, we keep going back and forwards on what to do with it. You know, on the one hand, I want to just sort of sell it and get rid of it. On the other hand, I really want to finish it and just sort of drive it for a little bit. Um, I've got a couple of folks interested in um, sponsoring the parts that I need for it because they want to see it finished, um, wow, which is really good. cool. Um, yeah. But if I need an engine rebuild, I mean, I don't know if I want to get into that territory. Yeah, that's that's a lot of yeah. It's that's scary. Um, the, I have to ask something though, and that I don't. Maybe it's because, you know, maybe I'm not as much of a Porsche fan as you, which would be really scary, or really normal. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, why? 
a 996 and a 997 in the garage. Like, I feel like if I'm going to have two 911s, I would want a little more diversity between them, maybe at least generational. Yeah, diversity. I don't think um, I would do that. It, it, I mean, no? without without knowing too much about them, maybe, maybe I would want a 996 and a 997, but knowing that essentially they're the exact same car, you know, at least the... The second generation 996 yeah. and the first generation 997, it was almost just like another facelift. Um, the engine was completely changed in the second generation 997. So I could see somebody wanting a 996 and a second gen 997. Um, maybe one as a, yeah. a beater or a yep. track car and one as the, you know, the sort of the special weekend car. Yep. Um, but you're right. I think, um, I think my 991 is distinct enough from the 996 that I could have both. I think if I, um, if, if, if I was uh, really wanting to, to mix it up, I think, you know, keeping my 991 and getting a 993 or a 964, one of the old cars would be fantastic if I could squeeze my big ass yeah. into that car comfortably <laughs> and my head. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think I'd be particularly excited if I had a 996 sat next to a 997. Yeah, I'm sorry, and I misspoke. I, I I think I missed your correction. You don't have a 997. You have a 991, and for some reason, I my head just keeps thinking James is a 997. But no, you're right. I, I oh, I see. That. Nope. Uh, but uh, yeah, okay. So that's that's not so bad. That's not so bad. But I, if you did have a 997, 996, that would be uh, no meh. But no, okay. I get it then. I, that's fine. That's fine. But a 993 would be a 993. Nice. Yeah, with like one of those big retro whale tails on the back, or. Um, I'm not sure. Just something, yeah. something you know, a, a little bit rarey, as opposed to my very, yeah. I wouldn't say boring, but my very, uh, you know, sort of stereotypically grey, silhouette middle-aged man's grey 991. <laughs> I love the grey. If, if, if the agate grey was available on the GT4, I would have done it, but it wasn't, so... Yeah, the, don't don't listen to some of the haters, uh, like other podcast guests. So <laughs> I'm kidding. So I'm, I'm thinking um, next time you and I should get together. Uh, I, I was going to try and talk you into coming to the Tale of the Dragon, but that's an awfully long drive from uh, where you are on the West Coast. It is from California, um, yeah. and especially if you're breaking in your car doing you know 25 miles an hour all the way. <laughs> It's going to take you a while. And you remember, James, I do have those carbon fiber bucket seats. Oh, yeah. I generally don't even like driving an hour in them. Really? Honest, but they are wonderful in every other way. Yeah. Speaking of carbon yeah. fiber, right? Uh, but. Uh, yeah. Well, how about joining me for a, uh, a Friday drive live? You inside your Cayman, and uh, I'll be inside my 991. Hmm. And um, you, you can tell me about just how painful those carbon fiber seats are. <laughs> I'm a little. I, I might be ashamed, though. I think your car sounds better than mine at this point until I maybe uh, replace my over-axle pipes or something. But your car really sounds I, great. I don't want to so. sound like a dick, but it, it does. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> I, I love the sound of my car so much. That salt performance exhaust is like the favorite thing I've put on any of my 911s, just by far. That's good to know. I'm going to have to look into their parts and, and uh, see because that's a tough decision, you know. Like, they all sound good, but which one really, really makes you happy? And uh, it, But I, I listened to your podcast about, uh, with, uh, what's his name, Mike? That's right, yeah, Soul Mike. Performance, mm -hmm. I think it was. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of good culture there. I like their uh, their idea of uh, what they, 
what they need to be to their customers, you know? And uh, so that right there sells a lot to me. I mean, even if it didn't sound as good as some others, uh, that means a lot. Yeah. So that's cool. So, uh, you know, props to Mike and, and his company for- uh, They've got uh, a great- time. What is Mike uh, doing? Mike is the, um, the marketing manager, the marketing director. Um, and then oh, John's yeah. the guy who, uh, uh, John Gatos, he's, he's big in a lot of the Porsche communities. Um, he's very much the sort of product guy and, and knows all of the ins and outs mm-hmm. of all the exhaust. Very, very technical guy. Um, but they've got a great thing going on. I mean, they've got a good reputation. Their products are going into their second generation now. They've been around for four or five years, I think. Um, so they're relatively new to the yeah. industry. Um, and it's, it's not to say that I, I don't like other exhaust companies. Like the FabSpeed exhaust sound great. Um, you know, the Sharkworks exhaust sound great. But I think you just you need to listen to them enough to find the sort of experience and the thrill that you want to get from that kind of exhaust note. Yeah. And for me, the sole performance not only uh, sounds great, but the kind of extra little kick and the adrenaline that comes when you hear the gears changing up and down, oh my god! And those oh, pops, it's I so good. Pops are nice. Although, although people are getting their cars tuned to make like excessive yeah. popping, and I, that's kind of getting on my yeah. nerves, to be honest. <laughs> the, <laughs> and that's a uh, uh, BMW you guys. Oh, <laughs> you guys are so bad with your popping crackle tunes. I was going to say that's the isn't that the the sort of the Ford. Um, Ford Fiesta drivers or the Ford Focus rally drivers. <laughs> yeah, they'll do that too. Mm, oh, yeah. BMW, yeah. Ford, you know, whatever. Well, Daniel, it's been great having you on the podcast again. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, I hope you get your uh, PPF issues uh, sorted with your uh, you came in. They will. No matter what, I, I am a person that really appreciates uh, things closer to perfection. So I will work hard to make sure it's there. And uh, Very yeah. cool. Good lad. All right, we'll take care. <laughs> Well, guys, that was Daniel from Jet Fuel Only. Such a nice guy. And uh, talking carbon fiber, I'm sure a lot of you turned off pretty much immediately because you don't like carbon fiber. But for those who are still here, um, there is one thing we didn't talk about, which was uh, wrapping wrapping items to look like carbon fiber. Um, But we figured that's maybe technically a cheat, so we didn't want to cover that. Um, But you can do it, and if you want your trim pieces to look like carbon fiber from a distance, um, then it's extremely cheap to just pick up a trim piece and uh, and get somebody who knows what they're doing to to wrap it um, in a carbon fiber style wrap. But anyway, we could go on and on talking about carbon fiber. More content coming soon. Thanks for checking in. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, get out and drive. Take care, bye.